Are you ready for Fragments of Fright, Volume 5? Because it's ready for you. Over 20 scary stories are waiting for you. Go to maniacontheloose.com slash books or go to Amazon and search for Fragments of Fright. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. Fear of the Night I always hated visiting my grandparents' house. There was something about that place that spooked me. Something wasn't right there. From the second I'd step foot inside that house, I'd get the creeps. I'd feel like I wasn't supposed to be there, or that something didn't want me to be there. Being that my grandparents lived in Michigan and we lived in Tennessee, we didn't visit my grandparents often, maybe once a year. But I dreaded going. The house wasn't too big, it had a main floor, a small upstairs area, and a basement. It wasn't an intimidating house from the outside, to me it didn't look much different from any other house on the block. And although it didn't look old, My grandparents had lived in the house for over 30 years, and they were not the original owners, so I guess it was kind of old. My dad was an only child. He grew up in the house. I once asked him if the house ever scared him, and he replied, Sometimes. He told me that when he was asleep in his room upstairs, once in a while he'd wake up and feel someone next to him. But when he'd look, there was no one there. I once asked my grandfather if he thought the house was haunted. He was an honest man and had a straightforward way about him. He didn't hesitate to answer, yes. He told me that he'd be in the basement working on something and would hear someone walking around upstairs, even though he knew he was home alone. The year was 1975. I had just turned 11 years old when we went on a weekend trip to my grandparents' house. Actually, at that point, it was my grandmother's house. My grandfather had died the previous year. The house was even scarier without my grandfather there. The less people that were there, the creepier it got. I hated when it got dark when we were there. The house was still scary during the day, but not like it was at night. I had the feeling that things came out at night that weren't supposed to be there. I feared bedtime when the house was deathly still. I always had a difficult time falling asleep in that house. 
and it disturbed me when I lie in bed late at night with my eyes open, knowing everyone else was asleep. Sometimes I'd hear footsteps and I'd pray that it was my parents or my grandparents just getting up to use the restroom, but sometimes I got the eerie feeling that it wasn't them. Night had fallen. Bedtime would follow shortly. My parents were in the living room chatting with my grandmother. The TV was off. The only other sound in the house was the ticking of the big clock in the hallway. I listened as the seconds ticked away and bedtime got closer and closer. I was only half listening and wasn't sure how the subject came up, but I heard my father talking about the previous owner of the house. Not a lot was known about the previous owner other than it was a man who lived there by himself. My grandfather once mentioned that the man had died in the house. He died upstairs. My grandfather died upstairs too. My grandmother thought that to be strange. She said he never went upstairs. But that's where they found him. He was lying on his back on the made-up bed in the guest bedroom. The clock struck ten o'clock and rang ten times. To me, it was like a scream demanding us all to go to bed. And we did. My parents slept upstairs in the guest bedroom. My grandmother slept in her room on the first floor, and I slept on a sofa bed in a room referred to as the TV room, even though there was no TV in there. This was a terrifying time for me. Normally, I'd sleep on the sofa bed in the TV room with my sister, but she was away at band camp, so I had to sleep in the TV room all alone for the first time. I didn't want to. I even asked my parents if I could sleep up in the guest bedroom with them. I begged them. I told them I'd just sleep on the floor next to them. My father scoffed at the idea and reminded me that I wasn't a baby anymore and it was time for me to start acting more like a young adult. So there I was, all alone, in the TV room. My grandmother was in the bathroom down the corridor. She was in there for quite some time. The light shining out from under the bathroom door slightly illuminated the corridor, which was comforting. The fact that my grandmother was still awake was even more comforting. Five minutes later, she exited the bathroom and turned off the light, causing darkness to swallow everything up. My heart began to race. Thirty minutes later, I knew everyone else in the house was asleep. Except for me. I felt so alone, and oh, how I wished I wouldn't hear anything moving around in the house while I lie there. For the next hour, my wish came true. But then I heard something. It was footsteps coming from upstairs. Obviously, it was just my parents. At least I hoped. I prayed. The footsteps moved around for longer than I would expect. They were comforting to me while I suspected it was my parents. But the longer the footsteps lasted, the more I got the feeling that it was not them at all. It was something else. Then I heard the whispering. 
multiple voices coming from upstairs. I couldn't make out what was being said. It was just a constant array of static, scribbled whispers. I closed my eyes tight. I put the pillow over my head to drown out the noises. I just wanted to fall asleep and wake up to daylight and the soothing voices of my parents and grandmother talking while having coffee and breakfast. I did not fall into a deep sleep, but I think I dozed off slightly for a little bit. When I opened my eyes again, the house was silent. Unnervingly silent. I raised my body up into a sitting position and listened intently for a long minute. Silence. Something was wrong. I could sense it. I needed to shatter the ghostly darkness, so I hurried out of bed and flipped the light switch on the wall. Nothing. No light. Just the empty click of the light switch. I stepped out of the TV room and started down the hallway to the bathroom. I had to feel my way there and felt a sense of relief when the palm of my hand slid off of the wall and onto the bathroom door. I quickly pushed the door open and flipped the light switch. Nothing. Darkness still dominated the house. I was scared. I could hear my heart beating. I held my hands out in front of me to avoid banging into a wall and I ran into the darkness down the hallway to my grandmother's bedroom. I turned the doorknob and gently pushed the door open. Grandma? There was no answer. She was probably asleep. At least I hoped. She might get angry with me if I turned the light on and woke her from her slumber, but it was a trade-off I was willing to make. I flipped the switch. Nothing. For some reason the electricity was off in the entire house. Grandma? Still no answer. I knew my grandmother kept a huge flashlight in a drawer in the kitchen. I felt my way down the hallway and moved as fast as I could. I finally reached a void in the wall that was the entrance to the living room. I had to walk through the blacked out living room to get to the kitchen. I moved fast, banging my knee against a cushioned love seat along the way. I knew I had reached the kitchen when the warmth of the carpet transitioned to cold tile under my feet. I felt around blindly, opening drawer after drawer and feeling around at the contents. Silverware, pens and paper, dish towels, and finally, I felt the cold round metal of the flashlight. I grabbed it and pressed the rubber button and was relieved to see a beam of light crashing through the darkness of the house. I moved the light around the kitchen. It was clean and tidy. The kitchen chairs were pushed neatly under the table. The emerald granite counter had been wiped clean, and I could smell the subtle scent of dishwashing liquid lingering in the air. I moved out of the kitchen. The beam of light lit my way through the quiet living room and the long hallway to my grandmother's room. I stepped inside the room and shined the light on her bed. The bed was empty. The covers had been pushed to the side and there was no sign of my grandmother. I stepped out of her room and back down the hallway to the bathroom. I focused the beam of light into the bathroom, but the room was empty and there was no evidence that it had been recently used. 
I wasn't about to go to bed without finding someone, and the next place to check was the upstairs bedroom where my mother and father were sleeping. I stepped back into the living room and shined my light on the upstairs door. It was a layout unlike any I had seen before. A door appeared out of nowhere in the living room. Upon opening it, one would be greeted by a long, skinny flight of stairs. There were walls on each side of the stairs giving a claustrophobic feel as one ascended the stairs. There were no handrails on the walls. Instead, there were years of subtle, dirty handprints staining the walls from those who ran their hands against them as they made their way up. I stood in front of the doorway in the living room and took several steadying breaths before I slowly turned the stairwell doorknob. The door creaked loudly as I gently opened it and shined my light up the stairs. Normally, when opening that door, I'd be met with a cool draft. This time it was different. The air was warm and heavy. There was a stale stench of sweat in the air that stayed with me when I inhaled through my nose. I shined the beam of light to the top of the stairs. The bedroom door was open, but I couldn't see anything beyond the doorway. That's when I heard the voice. Come up here. It was a male voice. It was not my father. I slammed the stairwell door in the living room shut. I immediately spun around and darted to the front door. Something was wrong. I needed to get out of that house. I needed to get help. I tried to turn the front door's doorknob, but it wouldn't turn. It was as though it were glued. It would not spin even a tiny bit. I tried and tried. I started jerking on it, hoping maybe the door would spring open, but it didn't. I couldn't get out of the house, at least not that way. I turned around and dashed through the living room into the kitchen and onto a small foyer that housed the back door. I grabbed the knob, attempted to turn it, but was running into the same issue. The doorknob would not turn even a millimeter. I could not get out of the house. The basement was behind me. I turned around and stared into the blackness of the basement. I didn't even bother shining my light down there. That cold, cinder block basement was even creepier with the light on. There was no way I was going down there. So I creeped through the kitchen and back into the living room. As I stepped into the living room and moved the beam of light to the stairwell door, I gasped. The door was open. I was certain I shut it. I knew I did. I quietly inched my way to the open doorway, shined the light up the stairs, and gazed at the open bedroom door. Mom? Dad? There was no answer. I noticed that the air in the stairwell was no longer warm and thick. It was cold, like it normally would be. Mom, are you up there? Dad? No response. I didn't know what to do. I tried to convince myself that the hoarse voice I heard earlier was my dad, even though I knew it wasn't. I had to find someone. I didn't want to be in the house all alone, so I took a step on the first stair, and then the next, and then the next. I kept the light shining on the open door at the top of the stairs that awaited me as I continued to slowly, cautiously climb the stairs. 
I was halfway up the stairs when I heard the door behind me slam shut. I spun around and the beam from my flashlight confirmed that fact. I bolted down the stairs and tried to open the door, but like the front and back doors, the doorknob would not turn. I was locked in the stairwell. I was crying profusely at that point and screaming, Mom! Dad! Where are you? There was no answer. I was alone in the stairwell and had to make a choice. I kept telling myself that my mom and dad would be up there asleep. If I woke them up, everything would be fine. I moved swiftly up the stairs. Each step I took reverberated through the cold stairwell. I paused when I reached the open door at the top of the stairs and then took in a deep, choppy breath and stepped inside the guest bedroom. I immediately aimed the beam of light on the bed. My mom and dad were there. So was my grandmother. They were all lying on the bed. Dead. They were lying side by side. They were pale. Their mouths were agape. Their eyes were wide open and void of life. I screamed and stepped backwards away from their bodies, forgetting there was a staircase behind me, and I tumbled backwards down the stairs. When I hit the door, it opened. I got up and ran through the living room to the front door. I tried opening it again. This time the doorknob turned, and I ran out into the street, screaming in terror. After a thorough investigation of the bodies, the coroner ruled the death of my mom, dad, and grandmother to be natural causes. I told the investigators of the strange voice I heard up there, but since there was no evidence of burglary or foul play, I think they brushed it off as the overactive imagination of an 11-year-old boy. Sometimes I lie in bed at night staring at the ceiling wondering what would have happened had I listened to the voice I heard and went upstairs into the guest bedroom when it told me to. Would I have wound up like my parents and my grandmother? Deep down, I know there was something evil in the house that night. What exactly? I don't know. Nor do I want to. Hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit maniacontheloose.com, sign up for our newsletter, and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. From the mind of a maniac. Eight horror stories that are interconnected either significantly or slightly and are all bundled into one gigantic collection. That's right, you get eight books for the price of one. Maniac on the Loose, The Nine Lives of Ski Mask, The Craving, The Caretakers, It Lives in the Attic, Goat Sucker, 
Spirit Stalkers, Hell is Full. All eight books for the price of one. Go to Amazon and search for From the Mind of a Maniac or go to maniaconthelooscom slash books.